I'm Ben Dole here with RUA Schwartz. It's Sunday, July 26th. This is the Windsider Daily Show. We're here for the second opening day, opening Sunday of the 2020 WNBA season. And we're going to start with the first game of the day. Link 77, Sun 69. Arya, where do you want to start with this one? I mean, honestly, it was an interesting game. Minnesota Lynx, you know, we could talk about the pace. We could talk about Alyssa Thomas just being a freaking beast. Why don't we start there? What were your thoughts on Alyssa Thomas, the engine, the life force of this team? I know you've been a little bit hard when it comes to uh, what you think of the Connecticut Sun. What was your thoughts about their pace and Alyssa Thomas today? I mean, they, they got out in transition. Like, Minnesota was turning it over, and Alyssa Thomas, probably more than anyone else in the league, is going to punish you if you don't get back. And that's kind of all it was. I guess, if anything, if, you know, that that may have stood out. I mean, that's what she's been doing for a long time with Connecticut, and especially early in the season here, you know, conditioning is, is an issue for some of these players, and it just getting into the flow uh, and really hammering down on the transition defense, like, yeah, that might hurt you more than usual, but you know, it, you know, for the most part, Minnesota stopped turning it over. They got back and that, you know, they, they put a stop to that in the second half. Yeah. I mean, I think they had 12 turnovers somewhere around that in the first half ended the game with just 14 turnovers and 40 rebounds. Sylvia Fowles was beasting. I mean, she was just eaten out there at a point. I thought she was going to drop a 20 and 20, Huge game for her and a huge game for Crystal Dangerfield, or Danger as I like to call her. What do you think about that combo? Yeah, so for first with Sill, it was interesting. You know, first possession of the game, Minnesota comes out, they throw it into Sill. They have a they have their play ready to go and you know, one dribble just right over Bree Jones. And then for a while there, like Minnesota just wasn't getting Sill or Nafisa Collier, like any touches in a position to score, which is obviously a, a big part of <laughs> a big part of why they weren't scoring very well. If you want to jump to Crystal, da- Crystal Dangerfield right away, she came in there in the second half and just she had a big steal on a turnover in the backcourt. It was part of a nice run, and after that, a pick and roll got to the rim. You know that 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 second part was the big thing, just uh, having a guard just turn turn the corner for them. Because because of the the mics were, were hot and you're picking up a lot of the coaches are saying, you know, you could hear it. Like that was that was a big thing that that uh Cheryl Reeve was imploring her guards at times to turn the corner and that was that was a big moment for Dangerfield and, and she hit a big three for him. They had uh they were they only they finished four of seventeen from three, but all four of those I believe were in the second half. So just to get that little bit for them and seeing that go in, I think that that also gave just their team a ton of confidence. Yeah, I mean, the Minnesota Lynx needed to start hitting three balls if they want to space the court. But it was interesting. They weren't hitting threes. I think they started like some ridiculous, it was 0 for what, 0 for 9, 0 for 10 or something like that. But the spacing was much better, which is why at times they were able to get the ball down low to Sill, which in turn gave them the ability to get points. Obviously, Fee didn't have the big game that we all expected from her. She fouls out. She got many fouls early. Um, She came back out and played all the way through until basically the game was over and had some big plays late in the game. So I'm glad to see that adversity. But honestly, the biggest thing for me in the Lynx game was their ability to stick around throughout the whole game. They played, in Cheryl Reeves' words, like crap for the majority of the game, but were able to, in the fourth, 
you know, pick it up. And that's the poise that you need from a team if you want to win tough games uh, late in the season, if you want to win tough games early in the season. So it was definitely a positive game to see them pull off that win. A tough loss for Connecticut. Um, they, I mean, they struggled at points. They looked really good in the beginning to a point where you're kind of thinking to yourself, wow, this is what this team is going to be. And then I feel like the second half uh, was very much so us going, okay, yeah, we got to check ourselves and remind ourselves there's a lot of new players. They were missing beyond January. And Patrice Plaisance, doubtful, did not play. Uh, and Dewana Bonner bumped or fell on her knee, I believe it was her knee. Is that right? She was, it looked like she was holding her knee at one point. That was, it was very end of the game that it was just, the outcome was decided at that point. So that'll be more for the next game to check on that one. But with Connecticut too, they, they weren't scoring in the half court the whole game. It was like, they were running. Like that was the game early on as Connecticut built yeah. that lead. Neither of these teams was awesome out of the gate. And, and they're both really good defensive teams and Connecticut especially looked really sharp on that end right away. They shot two for 19 from three. So, like, uh, you know, I think that might have been, you know, it was two teams just just kind of finding their sea legs back to Nafisa. Like, yeah, she did get going a little bit at the end there, which which was big for them and to her credit after she sat in the third quarter for a little bit for about four minutes. She finished the game, and by the time she fouled out, the game was over. Uh, so she finished, she finished strong there. And back to the shooting for Minnesota, you know, Lexi Brown shot 0 for 6 from 3. Like we've seen enough of Lexi that like she's not like she's good enough of a shooter like that's not going to be a normal thing, mm-hmm. and that's obviously one of the big things for them. They actually they closed with Dangerfield and, and Lexi Brown, so obviously that's two shooters that people are really going to pay attention to around those three forwards. And even Shanice Johnson, I thought, played pretty well. She kind of eased into that game and and she kind of gave them something as this de facto. You know, everyone's so fixated on right defining the point guard for Minnesota, but whatever you want to call it, the the lead guard with that starting lineup. Oh yeah. I mean, and Dangerfield just looked like she was working Rachel Bannum out of minutes uh, from the moment. And I saw some people talking, maybe it was in our Slack. Uh, maybe it was on the Twitter sphere, but people were talking about, Oh, Lexi, you know, and I'm glad you, you touched on that. We know enough about Lexi to say her going over six. That's not, I mean, realistic, but I will say, I yeah, did she, by the way, by the way, like yeah. on, on Brown, like, she shoots like seven feet behind the line, like no problem. Like she has ridiculous range. Like the first, uh, in the first half, she caught one like six feet behind the line and threw a pump fake and Jasmine Thomas jumped out of her shoes because she was like that worried about her taking that shot. So like, so yeah, like that. She's also playing her former team where they know they practice with her. They saw she's fully capable of hitting that. Yes, we've seen that in real games, but you know, we always hear about players talking about in practice how crazy and good this player is. And we might not always see it during the games, but if you practice with someone for a whole season, you know, those memories don't just easily go away and and you don't only think about what they've done in game time. And Lexi's made some ridiculous shots during her, her actual playing minutes in Minnesota last season. So, I mean, crazy game did not expect it to end the way it it did, but a, a powerful win for Minnesota. And I got to say, we need more uh, animated coaches like Kurt Miller and Cheryl Reeve at every single game. Cause I got to say, you know, if we're not going to have the crowd noise and we're going to have like sometimes an awkward delay between the announcers and the video stream, I, I love being able to, to kind of peek into the coach's mind and hear what they're screaming and hear what they're pissed off about. 
Yeah, one actually, I'm glad you got that. I almost forgot one thing I wanted to say on the coaching. But first, also with Minnesota, Demiris Dantas like only got up six shots, two threes. So to some degree, I think maybe all season you might want to watch for teams just locking in on her a little bit more. Just they're not they don't want to give her shots. But it was also a little bit that's kind of a tough matchup for her with uh, Alyssa Thomas. Uh, um, but yeah, on uh, with the coaches. One thing you heard Kurt Miller really harping on to his team was feeling the pressure. And you saw in the first half, not just forcing the turnovers, but when you're like four or five, even more feet out beyond the three-point line, like getting into the ball handler, they can't make those long entries to Sill even when she's open, right? Because you have someone like in your jersey. So like, uh, like I think some people, I mean, all of us had fun just getting to hear that. But like when you listen to like, something like that from Kurt Miller. And he's harping on that. Like there was a real purpose to that. And it was, it was really helpful for them. Yeah. And it's helpful for us to like kind of hear into that. So it was really exciting. Uh, as we always say, if you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see the amazing writing content on windsider.com. Let's move over to the sky and the aces sky 88 aces 86 Asia Wilson had a tweaked ankle. We heard about it coming into this game, but really had no minute restrictions. The surprise going into this game, and I think a lot of us were shocked when we saw the starting lineup come out. Diamond DeShields did not start due to knee inflammation, among other things, quote-unquote, from Holly Rowe. Uh, Never really got more of an explanation on that one. Very concerning, considering she's one of those players who I think everybody uh, has kind of cued in on as a key element for this Sky team and seeing how they're going to make that leap to the next uh, to the next level. Do you want to start with the end of the game? You want to start with the beginning of the game? Because this was an exciting one. Obviously, one of the highlights of opening weekend, considering how they ended during the playoffs with the Hamby Heave last year. And we ended on the Quigley something. I don't know. We'll, th- we'll, we'll think of a name for that one. Yeah, I think we should do the start. And, I, and on Diamond, too, like, is, is it like some huge surprises? Like, like, I think what you said there, like, kind of crystallizes it. Going into this, we shouldn't be surprised if a player gets banged up trying to ramp up. So I think, like, what you articulated there is, like, what it was. Like, people carry these giant expectations for Diamond, and they're excited to see her play. But, like, you know, if she, if she has, you know, some going on with her knee, whatever it is, like, okay, don't, like, you don't, like... I think some people are like dying to overreact. Like maybe you don't need to freak out about that right away. Yeah, no, I mean, come on. It's one game. It's, it, it's a sprint this season, but it's a, it's a sprint marathon. I've heard multiple people refer to it. You gotta, you gotta think long-term, especially for a team uh, with diamond as such a young player. There's, you don't want to, you know, rush someone back or when they have inflammation or something like that, get them on the court and play them too much to a point where, you know, you have long-term lasting effects. She only plays 14 minutes. But, you know, in Coach Wade's defense, A, they get the win. B, Azra Stevens, you know him all aboard that hype train, showed out but got in foul trouble. So that's like a legitimate concern there. But going back to Diamond, she was successful when she was out there. Obviously, it wasn't the smooth as smooth as we're used to seeing her, I think, because she didn't get enough minutes to fully get the flow of the game going. But when she was out there, we did get to see spurts of it, of why everyone's a fan of her. And honestly, I'm excited for the season with her. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think she totally looked like herself, but it—that I mean, that doesn't have to be the the main focus for us on this one. 
you know, I think the big thing was you mentioned Stevens. Yeah. Getting in foul trouble in the second half there. Uh, that wasn't ideal, but in the first half, especially like, you know, she's going to space around their action. She's going to make threes, you know, she can put it on the floor. Like that's going to be, that's going to be huge for them. And the, the big thing for Vegas, you know, for start going from the start, Angel McCautry made her debut and like, she looked in the open floor. She looked pretty good in the half court, rising up, making jump shots. And more broadly, I think the thing with the aces and, and how well they were scoring. And as they built their lead, like, Hey, this team led the league in pace last year. And what they do on the first game this year, like they played fast, like that's what they do. And that, that created a lot of problems for Chicago. Oh yeah, a lot. And the craziest thing was they almost, or not a record, but I think it's been, it, I, the announcer said something like, since 2015, no team has gone a full first half without shooting a three-pointer. Uh, they launched one up, no good, with like 30 seconds left in the half. So I guess they just didn't want to be part of that stat line. But ridiculous how they were able to score and just dominate the paint. That's going to be a huge question mark for the Sky this season. It was a little bit last season. Uh, maybe I'm underplaying that. But, you know, defense for the Sky has always kind of been the question. But, yeah, what you were talking about with Angel, I mean, I'm, I'll am i be the first to admit it. I questioned whether or not Angel will be ready for this season. Um, I watched her. I think it was a little bit overseas. I watched her a little bit with Team USA. Everything I saw just didn't give me a lot of confidence in it. It's great to have her back. And I forgot how much I love watching Angel play. Yeah, good start for them there. Asia Wilson ends up playing about 30 minutes. She goes for 22. You know, more and more, all things considered, like she looks like Asia. They look fine. And yeah, I mean, the three-point total is the stat everyone's going to harp on. And they do it all the time. But it's like, hey, should they have stopped shooting a bunch of layups and like running in transition to build their lead? Okay, <laughs> if you want to like, if you just only want to focus on that, Kayla McBride you know, only never, played. I'll never give that up. <laughs> Kayla McBride only played seventeen minutes. She shot zero for seven, and she she was one of the players that got a late start getting into training camp. So, mm-hmm. if your best shooter isn't going to play very much, right? Like no normal close game, you know, quote unquote normal close game in terms of conditioning. Kayla McBride not, isn't going to play just sixteen minutes. So that's one big part of it. Uh, obviously not having Kelsey Plum and they're going to have, because they were running so much and they were effective there, like as it slowed down at the end, that kind of produced a couple of the moments where you really, I think you really want to point to it and say, okay, now somebody needs to hit a shot. You know, there's one point uh, kick out Lindsay Allen's open. She has a three in that final five minute stint when they didn't score. She missed that one. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a moment you point to, right? That's where you need to hit that shot. And obviously Jackie Young is going to be somebody in that position too. Like that's the moment you got to make those shots. Um, But yeah, like talk to me when like Kayla McBride is playing like a normal number of minutes before you want to like go crazy with the, with that. Not having her, look, we were missing key players for both of these teams for this coming season. Not even talking about last season, like, Kayla McBride not playing is a huge loss for this team. Diamond Shields not really playing is a huge loss for this team. Um, but I'm encouraged by both of them. You know, it was a good game. It was an exciting game. Um, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, I think the Sky had 25 assists, which was nice to see. Uh, Vander Quiggs got going at certain points, which was just electrifying. I, I always confuse them, so excuse me. One of them had an eight, like an 8-0 run by themselves at one point. Um, 
I mean, yeah, just... that, was, that was Vandersloot. She got the jumper going for that little stretch. Oh, there. man. Oh, God. But, I mean, talk to me real quick about the Quigley game winner uh, before we wrap up on this game. Because it, it wasn't even, like, bad defense by the Aces. I mean, that was just, I mean, that Quigley doing Quigley things. Yeah, and Quigley, like, on the lead up to that, like I alluded to it earlier, 439, the Aces uh, go up uh, 7, was it? And then they're they're scoreless the final four four minutes and change. They got some good shots. They had one turnover in there. They had one chance in transition. The transition they missed. I mentioned that missed three. So obviously, like that, you know that 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 was a uh, the stretch of the game there. They just didn't score at the end to put it away. But Chicago came out. They had Vandersloot dribbling right baseline. They set up that hammer that hammer action where. You're screening on the opposite side for that that shooter to go to the corner, which was Quigley. And Jackie Young got out there. She chased her out there, but Quigley gave the little fake sidestep. Uh, and and Jackie wasn't totally out of the picture, and she Quigley just made a, made a big shot. It was a big shot. I loved it. Let's move on to the Wings. Wings 95, the Dream 105. In a dueling a shootout, as they call it, I, I have not enjoyed the pace of a game so much in a long time. I stood up at one point and just screamed, I love the wings. <laughs> yes, they got a lot of issues. But the athleticism of this team, the, the, the wingspan of this team, I mean, this is a team that's going to be extremely fun to watch. They might not be the greatest team, but they're a team that I'm going to ride with. I'm going to you know call them similar to the Connecticut Sun four years ago, where I really jumped on that hype train. This is a team I'm jumping on. Uh, and I got to say, Ty Harris, I mean, I, I can't say enough about the poise that we saw from her. It was ridiculous. She looked like a vet out there. Yeah, Ty looked great in her first game. And one of the things I think I, one thing one thing I underrated uh, with her was just her speed, which you just don't quite see as as much at the same level in the college game although there obviously are moments you're out in transition and and yeah if she's if she's hitting pull up shots you know to punish the defense she as she had a couple today that that was pretty huge and one play I thought was pretty interesting and <laughs> we should get to Atlanta cuz they didn't win the game but I thought one interesting play with Ty was like Arike had the ball top of the key she drives right and as much as we're talking about Hey, Dallas has point guards now. Enrique's the two, as we saw as they're coming back. Right, like Enrique's gonna have the ball a lot, right? Like that's still what you want at the end of the day. But Enrique, this play, she's driving right, ties in the corner, she gives it to her, and Ty just catch, decisive, rip and go, blow by. She's down the baseline, draw help, skip it right to Alicia Gray for a three, and like that, that is uh, is so perfect for them too because that's like the example you want of. We saw Ty do stuff on ball, but then when she's off ball too, like she can she can make that next play if Arike has to give it up, she gets doubled, whatever. You still have someone that can go make a play, and that's that that kind of dual threat in a way, on ball, off ball is is something they really missed around Arike last year. Yeah, and I mean, should we talk about Satu? Do we want to talk about the rest of this team? You know, Agumbawale does drop nineteen with three assists. Izzy Harrison at eighteen and eleven. Let's let's skip the whole uh, stat fiasco with Harrison and whether did she fall out? Did she not? Was it the correct thing? Uh, but interesting to see this team. I think they have a lot of potential. 
Uh, Stu did not have the greatest of games. She she has got gassed and couldn't stay on with the with the, the dream. But let's move on to the dream. Carter and Billings, you know, just balling out there. So much athleticism and so much speed. I think I tweeted this out at one point. Watching this game honestly felt like watching an old game recording or li- like listening to a podcast on two times speed. It did not compute with my mind how fast these players were moving. Yeah, I think Monique Billings is one of those players you subscribe to that theory that, hey, one of these players that just plays hard all the time, they're the energy player, as as cliche as it might be, like they might not like hearing that, but like in this situation, like that's, you're probably going to do pretty well, especially early on. Uh, so she looked good, you know, defensively moving her, yeah, I mean, defensively moving her feet, blocking a few shots and in transition, like she had like a grab and go too like that was pretty interesting and yeah just just being active one or two dribbles being able to attack the basket kennedy carter i i think like it's just it's just hilarious like people were actually like putting the thoughts out in public like oh is can kennedy carter pass and like in the first stint of that game she had two like awesome like drive awesome like lay down passes to just get elizabeth williams two layups it's like yeah, like no one can guard her. Like like Kennedy Carter's gonna be fine. The jumper wasn't working, but I think she settled on a couple of those. So and they won the game. Like they won the game. They're they're shorthanded, they're waiting for for the reinforcements to come, but you know, Atlanta, you'll take it. Oh yeah, you definitely take it. I mean, also speaking of reinforcements, I mean, well, first of all, let's give a shout out to Rachel Galligan who dropped the knowledge that Courtney Williams has touched down in the wobble. Uh, so she will be starting her quarantine period, which means, uh, you know, what, give it two weeks. I, I don't know how it's going to work with her. I haven't actually looked into that yet. But, uh, you know, give it at least, what, seven days, and we'll see her getting some reps in so we can finally see the walking bucket, as she calls herself. Uh, but the Atlanta Dreams scored over 90 without the rest, like their full squad there. And last year, they scored over 90 only two times. That's a huge sign uh, for head coach Nikki Collin. Talk to me about, well, why, why are we thinking about Indiana? Why did Indiana get brought up so much in this game? Oh, I, I mean, I just, I just brought it up because uh, Ben played really well for Indiana too. Nikki Collin had been saying she was shooting the ball well in scrimmages, and then today shooting the pull-up two-pointer. If people duck under a screen on her, made a couple of those. Two for four from three. And she's your, you know, she's kind of the the perimeter stopper for you that they're going to throw on the, the toughest player. There's value there. You can switch a little bit with her. And the, the, I'm the I wrote Indian in the notes there just like, did, did like Indiana make a mistake with, they cut Laney and they traded Shanice Johnson. Like, are both those players going to end up being better than some of the players that they kept? It's just... I don't know. It's like, it's worth thinking about. Oh yeah. I mean, I saw someone tweeted out there, like you're looking at the stats and this is the roster that Indiana decided on. And then you look at the players who left them uh, over the off season and you see how they were successful, but you know, Hey, hindsight's 2020. Like we said a lot last, uh, last episode, this is a team that showed up and had half the training camp training camps. Not that long. Anyways, a lot of these players haven't played anyways. Um, Let's be realistic about, you know, what's going on. But I got one last question for you before we log off for the day, unless there's anything you want to touch up on this uh, one last game. 
so with Atlanta, Shakina Strickland gets in the starting lineup, just seeing her in a dream jersey for the first time, just like having having that money in the bank shooter, that's obviously going to help a ton. They played a little bit with her at the four, and they just played a, a little bit going small in general. So that was that was interesting, and they, they played a pretty short rotation. Uh, so you hope... You, you know, you hope that those other three players arrive pretty soon so you don't have to keep doing that, but obviously you understand why you do it now. You know, if you can really bank a few wins here, that'll be big chasing the playoffs. But with, with Dallas, they kind of, they, I guess they kind of started big, you would say. You mentioned Astu only played 13 minutes and Isabel Harrison started next to her, but then ended up playing a lot at center, which I think is what they'll do a little more often. And, and Satu Sabuli... I thought it was pretty interesting to see how they were using her, but then fouling out at the end there, I think that's, she's got a little bit of ways to go there, especially defensively, like around the basket, just rotating in time being when you have to be that last, that last line of defense, kind of being the, making those plays at the rim. All right. Well, I got two questions for you. First question. I left off the show notes to put you on the hot seat, which rookie had the best opening game. I'll say Ty Harris. I think Ty Harris looked really good. Um, you know, especially wondering what Mariah Jefferson's going to give them. I think defensively Jefferson looked pretty good, but I think I think Harris. I think I think a lot of people had probably had the thought that maybe Harris can end up being their best point guard this year, and if she's able to give them what she did offensively, I, I think that'll be pretty huge, and that that door should definitely be considered wide open as a possibility yeah i love it i completely agree i think the a lot of people might say carter just because of the haughty numbers but you know there's a higher expectation for her so i completely agree with you i was gonna say ty harris i was you know glad to agree last question of the night which team do you think had the best day and by best day i mean you know like it's day one you know Talk to me, though. In my opinion, and this is obviously coming from a biased place, I'm saying Minnesota Lynx. We're talking about a team that really struggled when, you know, to shift their style of play. When they struggled early on, they weren't really able to get out of the gutter. Uh, they were able to do that today against a Connecticut Sun team that was looking good at times, and they really locked down on defense. So I'm going with Minnesota Lynx. Yeah, I, w- I was a little higher on Minnesota going in, so I guess in a way, like um... – I kind of saw at the end of that game what I was kind of expecting from them. But I, I would say Chicago, just you're down double digits, at least at one point, right? It was at least nine. Yep. But you're down yep. like that in a game when when Diamond isn't 100% and you come back and win. <laughs> like that's that's huge for a team with title aspirations and and you would think top two aspirations, right? Like these like these games like that, that that flip on a coin and really come down, come down to the end, like just just to to put those in the bank, that could be the difference between two and three, four and five, whatever, as we've seen. All right. We'll be back Tuesday for more Winsider Daily. I'm Aria Schwartz with Bendel.